Well, it's my privilege to welcome Adam Casel. He's going to give us, along with Jacqueline Furness, an awesome message today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Kara. <clears throat> right, good morning. As Kara said, my name is Adam Casel. I am the vision and administration pastor here. And before I get into the message, I just want to say, God bless those young millennials and older Gen Z that find things from when I was in high school and college cool now. Going, that last song, Heart of Worship, I was in college when that came out. So that's over 20 years old. I'm 41. Some of you, I'm old. Some of you, I'm young. The rest of you, I'm just the right age. So warms the cockles in my heart to hear some of these, these songs being played, played again in worship. All right, so we are in a series on healing. We're calling this series Kingdom Healing. We're doing this series because we believe that God can heal all that's broken. We pray and expect for healing because Jesus commanded us, heal the sick. Healing is a part of the message of Jesus. Healing authenticates the message of the gospel, and it shows the authority of Jesus. Last week, Randy talked about how there's five types of healing that we see in the New Testament. I'm going to go through those quickly, but it also shows us Jesus has authority in these areas. The first way is that it reconciles God and sinner. That, that's the first type of healing that we see that heals the most important relationship that any of us can have, our relationship with God. We also see healing in the area of restoration. So where, where there's physical pain or where something uh, physically, emotionally, mentally isn't working properly, God can bring healing. Also uh, strengthening the connection with God when it's not where we want it to be. The third type of healing that we see Jesus being able to do is he's able to heal poverty and, and to break social dynamics, unhealthy social dynamics. Fourth, deliverance from demonic oppression or influence. And then the fifth way is raising the dead. Death is, is not natural, so Jesus is able to heal that. Now, it's important to remember this because when we want healing or change to happen and it doesn't, it doesn't mean that God is ignoring us or he's mad at us. A couple of weeks ago, we had some folks share some testimonies. If you missed that, go back and watch or listen to that week. There were some amazing testimonies. One of the things I want to highlight was when Christy Crathwell talked about her healing. That was one of the most important things that she shared. As we wait, as we wait for healing, it's not because God is ignoring us. God's not mad at us. This morning, we're going to look at another type of healing that God does, inner healing. It's a type of restoration that I, that I mentioned earlier. Inner healing is essentially healing from sin. There's three ways we can kind of break that down. Some, sometimes it's something that we've done, a sin that we've committed, if we are having a hard time forgiving ourselves for something that we've done, that could be an indication that we need some inner healing. Another type of, of sin that we need healed from is when another person did something to us that they shouldn't have. 
If you're familiar with this language, it's called trauma A. An example of this is abuse. The third type is something that another person didn't do and they should have. Also known as trauma B. For example, uh, neglect. Maybe a, a parent didn't give us the love and affection that we needed for whatever reason. This morning, I want us to remember that inner healing is one part of stepping into the fullness of who we are in Jesus. Inner healing is one part of stepping into the fullness of who we are in Jesus. It's really important that if we're in need of inner healing, that we're aware of it because the enemy knows the areas where we need inner healing and will use that against us. Whether we're aware of it or not, the enemy knows and will use it against us because the enemy doesn't fight fair. Another one of the testimonies was, was Courtney, and, and part of her testimony was one of inner healing. We believe God can heal hurts from the past because God is outside of time, and so he's able to be present to all of time. Now, I know this morning we've got some people who are uh, fully on board with inner healing. You've been a part of it. You've experienced it for yourself. I hope what I say, what Jacqueline says in a little bit, will, will be an encouragement. For, and also that we probably have some here who are a little skeptical, a little skeptical about inner healing. And, and so I hope, hope that this morning opens you up to the, the possibility of inner healing being applicable for today and, and potentially even something that will be a part of your journey. I personally have benefited from this a number of years ago as I, as I sat with a friend who has an inner healing ministry and, and helped me strengthen my connection with the Lord after a failed church plant. Now, a few weeks ago when Randy and Ian and I were talking about this series and I, I got this topic, I realized my own shortcomings in talking about this. So I, I invited Jacqueline to come and, and to share from her incredible wealth of wisdom experience. And um, before I hand that over to her, I want to just give us a reminder and a little bit of biblical support. First, the reminder, inner healing, like all healing, is for the purpose of making us more like Christ. Right? Whenever we receive healing, there's no guarantee that we're going to grow in maturity. I love when Randy talks about personal transformation. He shares this tidbit that I think he got from Mike Bickle. He says, with regard to personal transformation, there's God's part and there's our part. God will always do his part, but he won't do our part. And so when we experience inner healing, God's done his part. He's healed whatever that, heart, that hurt is. And so now our part is to use that newfound freedom to press into maturity in Jesus. Now, for those of you who are familiar with the scriptures, you'll realize this phrase, inner healing, doesn't appear in our Bible. So what do we do with that? Well, first, I would say a word or a phrase doesn't have to appear in the Bible to, to convey a biblically faithful truth or reality. One example is the Trinity. Right? We don't find Trinity anywhere in our, our Bibles. 
but that's a, that's a reality that is communicated. The, the idea that God, there's one God who exists as Father, Son, and Spirit. At the same time, this idea of inner healing, and there's even a specific way of doing inner healing, comes from a Greek word, sozo. You may not know, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. We have a sozo ministry here. This word occurs 134 times in the New Testament. It can be translated as saved, healed, or delivered. So our, our context determines which translation, but the point is that word has a wide range of meaning. I'm going to give a couple of examples where we see this occur in Scripture. And, and so I hope from what I share and then what Jacqueline shares, you'll see that this idea is, is actually very faithful to the Scriptures. The first example is from Saul of Tarsus, who becomes better known as the Apostle Paul. So before meeting Jesus, the risen Jesus on the road to Damascus, Saul was persecuting believers. He was responsible for the death of other of followers of Jesus. That's his own personal sin that had to be dealt with. After his conversion, we read his letters. He wrote 13 letters that we have in the New Testament. And the way that he talks about God's grace, mercy, and forgiveness is not merely intellectual. He had some sort of experiential encounter with these aspects of who God is to change, to change how he talks about and, th- and thinks about those things. Briefly, part of his prayer uh, in Ephesians 3, 18 and 19 says, And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. This reads a lot like somebody saying, here's what I've experienced. I want for you to experience this same thing. I'm not going to read it now, but write this down and look at it later. 1 Timothy 1, 12 to 17. Read those few verses through the lens of inner healing. I think we see some of the change that happens in Paul. So something happened in his heart and his mind to know that what he did before he met Jesus was totally and utterly forgiven. Inner healing had to happen in order for him to experience such freedom. There was such a transformation of his inner person that it completely changed how he viewed God himself, and others. As I was talking with Randy about this, he had this tidbit that I wanted to pass along. Paul went from a persecutor to a believer to a lover who eventually died for this message. The second example is is actually a group. I'm um, putting a few different people together. One is lepers. Another is this woman with internal bleeding that we meet in the Gospels, and then the Gerasene demoniac. 
Now, the, new, the, the Gospels were not written to our culture, so some of the things that are happening kind of get lost to us, lost in translation. But, you know, in, in, this, in spite of the differences in these, these three, three groups, there's a similarity here. And the similarity is that their condition made it so that they couldn't be around others because they were unclean. They couldn't go to temple to worship because they were unclean. They couldn't celebrate festivals and holidays with other people because they were unclean. I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that they maybe have experienced trauma B, a feeling of neglect from others, or maybe even that God had neglected them. And so when Jesus heals each of these individuals, he restores them and their ability to fully rejoin community and worship. The third example, as I was talking with Jacqueline, the inner healing is helpful when we just want more. We want more in our relationship with God. We want a more intimate connection with him. I'm not going to read this, but Psalm 63, 1 through 5, write that down and go, go look at it later. The author is just crying out to God. God, I want you. I feel like I'm in this desert space. Come to me. I want to experience your unfailing love again. Inner healing can help clean things up so there's this less time of seeking and searching. Sometimes that's a part of our journey. But if it's all the time, maybe there's something that needs to be addressed there so that we can just enjoy God's presence. Just sit in the reality that he is with us. And the last example before I hand it over to Jacqueline is Psalm 18. Now, in the superscript, if, if you see in your Bibles, it's italicized at, at the top of Psalm 18. We see that at this time, David is running from King Saul. King Saul is trying to kill David. And what David writes in there are his internal feelings. These aren't things that physically happen to him. I think we see here an example of trauma A. Saul is abusing his power as king because he feels threatened by David and he wants to kill him. David has done nothing wrong, nothing deserving of death. Now, I've never been in that situation where I know someone wanted to kill me, but it doesn't take a whole lot of imagination to know how traumatic that would be. Again, I'm I'm not going to read this. I'll just summarize verses 5 to 14. David, he talks about he feels like death has a hold of him. He's entangled by death. And the Lord comes in this powerful way, and he scatters death. He sends death running and he pulls David out. So in the midst of what felt like death, the Lord revealed his powerful arm and he brought David to a place of healing. David experienced that the good shepherd is powerful to save and will go into the jaws of death, both literally and figuratively, to pull us out. So wherever we are this morning, I hope we we would consider that maybe inner healing might be for us.
And maybe, just maybe, it could be a, the next step in our journey with the Lord. So with that, I want to hand it over to Jacqueline and give her an opportunity to share from her incredible wisdom. So let's encourage Jacqueline as she comes, comes up. I don't know how God works in your life, but in my life, God's invitation is for for me to model exactly what I'm going to talk about. So during worship, I started to get really anxious, and I thought, what? Speaking is not a difficult thing for me. And so in the good sozo manner of which I've been taught, I'm going, God, what is the lie? that I'm believing about you and about myself. And he said, the father said, you want people to understand this so badly that you're holding on to it too tightly. And I thought, oh. So freedom, I renounce and repent of the lie that I have to make you understand. Because the truth is, the Holy Spirit will lead you into freedom and transformation the best way it is for you. So on that note, (laughs) freedom. I want to talk a couple for a few minutes before I get into Sozo. This church has had a healing ministry from its very beginning. It is always had an invitation to the broken, to people who are craving and desperate for more, and there has been some kind of program available for that. This is the season we are in right now, and I want to talk about some other aspects and some other invitations for you. So one, Celebrate Recovery is an inner healing ministry. It is an invitation through community and a Christ-based 12-step program to be able to set you free. We have this amazing ministry called Anointing Prayer, and that is something that is really based more on, I have, I need, I need answers, I need understanding, I need blessing, I need, I'm not, I'm not hurting in any way, but I need the body of Christ to come along as I'm transitioning into something new, to open up new possibilities in my life. And that's anointing prayer, and I think it's available on our website for you to get involved in. So there are many ways and many opportunities. The one that we picked at the end of Vineyard is Sozo. We've been doing Sozo for 10 years. Uh, The teams of Sozo have Sozo thousands of people. And I want to, before I forget, is Rich Starkey in here? No? We're just blessed. Janice Starkey is doing her arts, um, the gallery opening. But Rich Starkey, and you can meet him after, actually is the Sozo director ministry leader of Revive the World. And he just happens to be here on this Sunday while we're talking about Sozo. So I just want to acknowledge 
um, that there is sozo throughout the whole city, the whole area. Um, we and two other churches are the only ones who decided to belong to the Bethel Redding um, Church Sozo Ministry, which means we are connected to them. What's important about that is we have agreed, one, to submit not only to the, this ministry submits to the church, but also to the structure and the integrity of the Sozo ministry that has been originally created by Bethel. Why that is important is to know that there are hundreds and hundreds of people who use these tools in different aspects and in different ministries. They may not all use them in the way they, in which they are intended. And so I felt like I want to give you just an just a invitation to trust your heart. If you are in any kind of inner healing and it doesn't feel right, it just feels like it's not quite what you wanted, what you expected, or it just has just an odd feeling, I am going to empower each and every one of you to get up and leave. Thank you for your time. I don't think this is for me and leave. Trust and guard your heart so that God can do all the work that he wants to do in it. So on that note, let me just talk about this amazing ministry. I'm going to share a little bit about what this looks like. So if you are interested in a sozo, you, would be, you need about an hour and a half to two hours of time. You're going to be in a room with two or three people. There's going to be one person that's going to lead your session. And it is going to be this. We want you comfortable. You are in control of this time. We want to go where you and God want to take you. So this is not controlled by us. What we will do is form a, a structure that invites you to ask questions of the Lord to be able to process through anything that God reveals. This is transformational. It is not counseling. This is our opportunity to allow you to have a time and space with witnesses and people who can hold this time for you to see what God wants to do. You may come in with a, an issue. You may come in with a memory. You may come in with a more. And we want to just sit. And we want to go through the process and invite you into whatever God has for you. I love Adam said because when I think about who is a good candidate for Sozo, it is truly the person who wants more, because you can come into a session and you can just say, you know, I want more. I want more of God. I want more reality of who I am. I want a way to be able to connect more deeply with others. So more is a great place to be and use Sozo as a tool to step in. The other prayer you may have said is help. And that's another great reason to come into Sozo. It's another place to step in and be able to say, I want this time for you, God, to do what I can't do myself. 
Because in SOZO, because it's not counseling, we're not going to talk about what the issue is. We're going to ask God what the issue is. We're going to move through this process to be able to find what is limiting you or what your next step is or how can we step in in a way that gives you more freedom. So help. I love when people come in with that. The second, and this is just a core belief that I have. So I'm going to, Rich, I just want to, because we're doing teaching on Sozo. So Rich Starkey is just in the church. <laughs> Revive the world. If you are in the South um, or love Zoom, their ministry is in the South, and they particularly specialize in Zoom. So thanks for being here on a Sozo day. <laughs> There you go. Um, I believe if you are walking in ministry at all, ministry invites you to come to the end of yourself. I'm a high believer in spiritual checkup, and so I just would recommend anyone who's doing anything that is pushing the boundaries of who you are and what you're doing to come and get a sozo. Find out before you burn out if there's something that God wants to address as you're pushing out your capacity and your comfort zone. So three reasons why you can come into a sozo. Let me give you two when you're not ready for a sozo. So one is if you are in grief. So if you are in deep loss, you're in the process of grieving, this is not a ministry that you would want to access at that time. God has given that's the beautiful motion, the system of, of grief. You do not want, and what happens is people are caught in the pain and they want the pain to go away. And so they come for sozo, but what is the pain is part of the process of healing through grief. So wait until the, the kind of the burn of grief is over then come and find out, is there anything that God wants to show me or tell me about that grief process, but not in the middle of it? The second is, and just practically, if you have been um, injured in some way, if you're on heavy medication, it is really hard to hear God clearly, and so I would recommend... <laughs> not to be on heavy doses of medication and then try to do healing ministry because you want to have as much presence of mind as you can to just be able to press in and relax and surrender to what God is going to do for you. I am just so happy to be able to talk about this. The challenge that I have is I'm used to training it, and I don't want to train you. I want to invite you. But I, I want to do this before I forget because it's my favorite thing, so this is just all about me. <laughs> I, I love the six-word story. So if you've ever done it or saw it, when I discovered it, it's my favorite thing. My six-word six story about... Sozo, God will show up 
to transform us. It is the heart and soul of what God does. And so I just, I'm going to, I'm going to take the next amount of time and I want to talk about and give you some examples, some testimonies of saved, healed, and delivered. And then I'm going to invite you into my ministry room and we'll play. So saved, you can, and people all over the place, have been saved through Sozo. So my two stories literally are really quick. One person grew up in a church, got desperate enough, happened to know someone who had experienced true freedom in a Sozo, and said, I'll go and try it. And so in the process of just desperation and hunger for something different, came in, um, didn't have a relationship with Jesus, had a relationship with Jesus at the end, because how do you deny him if he shows up and brings you freedom? So in the same way that someone who doesn't know Jesus, they're physically healed, um, is going to want to know more about that God, the same thing happens in, in Sozo. My favorite is this is, this is just current, and it's a, a person who knows a person who knows a person who knows a person who says, I need free counseling. I can't afford it. And they said, oh, go get a Sozo. They have no experience with any kind of spiritual understanding at all. They've just, they've never been to a church. It's just not part of their family, not part of their life. And so, so fun, right? To sit with someone who has no concept of anything, not even like, yeah, I believe there's a creator. It's like, never went there, never thought that. And so we are in the process through healing, inner healing, be before finding the lies and the mindsets and the limitations that he has created in his own life to invite Jesus into a place for someone who has had absolutely no understanding. So we have met a couple times. We're going to meet a couple more times to finish this process. But so freeing for him, so fun for me, but so possible. So if you know someone, don't let the fact that they don't know Jesus prevent them from coming in and finding true freedom. The second of a million just inner healing stories, I want to give you really two really quick ones. One is happened the very first couple of years of doing Sozo ministry here. And it is so simple. But this person came in, had been devastated by their community, truly wounded and hurting, and therefore could not trust God. If you know anyone who's doing ministry, gets hurt, just doesn't know how to trust people or God again. And through the process of Sozo, this is the thing that he learned that made all the difference in his life. Not that God loved him, because he believed that God loves everybody, but God liked him. That he was a person worth liking. And that changed everything about how he entered into relationship with people again. It, was, it changed my life. His story changed mine to realize it's just a simple thing. This is just a beautiful example. Within this last month, I have a session with someone. They, have, um, they had been married to someone who had made a lot of tragic decisions. And it 
deeply Im impacted her and her children. So she had been able to kind of forgive the surface. But what she hadn't realized until God revealed was what are the things underneath that she hadn't let go, hadn't forgiven. Most of those things are the things we don't know, that we need God to reveal. What are the ties? What are the vows, the lies, the generational influences that we're holding on to? Um, and when God reveals them to us, our willingness to do the work allows God to come. So she was willing to do these, this amazing work of forgiveness, not only of her husband, but mostly from herself, from the decisions she made, from the living in such bitterness and anger. All of the thing, impacts and decisions that bitterness and anger create. And she was like, oh, this is great. We, we didn't meet again. Two weeks after that session, she contacts me, and God did this for her. So she felt great, and she felt free, but she lives on the East Coast. God said, go, go to the ocean and lay in the ocean for me. And so God, so she, out of obedience, goes to the ocean. It's a familiar place for her. It's one of her very favorites. She's laying in the water. The sky is beautiful. There is just a sense of warmth from the sun. There's peace. And God said, now go under. And so she goes under. And she pops back up. And she said it was the first time in her life that she felt. What is that peace that Jesus talks about? And every time she went down, she went back up. And God did more work and cleansed her of her body and the illnesses in her body, of her heart and her mind, and empowered her to be able to walk in freedom and see herself differently than she ever had. What I love about that story is we just did one small part. Her willingness to stay open, God did amazing part. And that's her true, that's a foundational memory story that she gets to carry. Delivered, in Sozo, we are much more interested in about displacement deliverance more than direct deliverance. So displacement is if I choose to break agreement with any lies or vows, generational influences, any curses, whatever that God reveals, then anything attached to that automatically goes. It's, it's disp displacement deliverance is the same thing that happens to us when we worship. So whatever people may or may not have brought into the room, worship is the leveling field that clears the enemy and allows us all come into unity to worship. So the same thing happens in your own system, your body, soul, and spirit to keep you completely cleansed. I'm going to give you my own story because I just want to <laughs> kind of reinforce that we can't always do everything alone. So I have all these skills. I ended up having in my spiritual mind a picture. It was a shadow that I could not get rid of. So I am doing all of my authority. I'm doing all the things I know to do. And it's still there. I think sometimes God wants us to lean into each other. So you may have everything you need 
to be powerful in casting out, in bringing healing, physical, inner healing, but God's still going to say, you need another person. And so I'm finally, after wrestling with this for a week, I called one, Becky Winnie, one of our lead social people, and went, I need a session. We sat down, and she prophetically instantly could see where I was looking at this as some kind of present moment attachment. She could see that it was something tied to generational. And I, I just, I love this because you cannot do it alone, and you can't do it without God. So we were able to remove that together and so that I didn't have to walk with that kind of oppressive vision of a spirit just hovering around me. It's a great, beautiful thing. All right. Do you want to play a little bit? So I want to... I'm going to do this. We're going to do a tool. Sozo has four primary tools. This is an extra tool just for fun. Um, it, one of them is called the Father's Ladder. It's about your relationship with God and deepening your, the intimacy. Another is Four Doors, which is a lot about breaking free from any um, demonic influences at all, and then any walls that could have happened, and then any trauma that Adam was talking about is called presenting Jesus, bringing Jesus into places that are painful or dark or hard. But this one is fun. So... What I want, and I am a high believer that being able to say no is as powerful as saying yes. So I want you to use all of your identity power and either want to play or say to yourself, no, not my thing, don't want to play. Hugely important when you walk in your identity. So for those who want to play, I want you to imagine, because in all of us, our experiences color our belief system, right? We believe one thing, and then we add layers and layers of experience onto it until we, we walk in a conclusion about what we think is true. So this is going to be, and I want you to imagine that you're putting on a pair of colored lenses, colored glasses, and those lenses have color in them. And as you're imagining that, I'm going to have you say to yourself, mumble it or whisper it to yourself because it's important to say things out of your head, so say it out loud. Jesus, what is the lie that I'm believing about inner healing? Once Jesus, a Holy Spirit, have given you an answer, what I would love you to do is then say, I renounce and repent of the lie that and whatever that lie was you were believing about inner healing, I don't want to believe that anymore. 
Jesus, will you give me new lenses? And then ask Jesus, what is the truth? What is the new lens you want to give me? And then if you are, if you love prophetic acts, which of course I do, take off those old lenses that are colored and not true, and then prophetically put on the new lenses that God has just given you. Thank you, Holly, for playing. <laughs> All right. If you have a minute, and I'm going to call the ministry team up in a second, but if you have a minute, tell somebody before you leave, what is that new truth? Because it will open up a new invitation for God to speak and bring life into areas that you may not have been able to have life before. So the last thing I want to do is I would like, if you are part of the Sozo ministry team, we have 24 people, or you have been in the ministry team, the Sozo ministry team before, would you guys just stand up? I just would love to have you be acknowledged. And I have invited them along with the prayer ministry team that is normally up front to be able to pray for you. And so if you will, if the Sozo team and the prayer ministry team would like to just come up to the front. And because I have not rehearsed any of this with, make sure you're with a, you're coupled. There's two people praying together. And we can stretch out over here. And I'm going to just close and um, pray, but I just want to encourage you, if this stirred something in you, Becky Winnie is going to be in the lobby, so if, it, if it, what it stirred was confusion, she's available to talk to you. If it stirred like, I want to get an appointment, this is, you can go on the website, it's sozo at indievineyard.org, happy to set you up with a team. But today... If something, if, if Holy Spirit just did something in your heart that you either want to tell them or you want to be able to step into some freedom, I would love and encourage you to come forward and receive prayer. And do you have a word? Stacy's wondering how it will differ from prayer ministry. If you need prayer of any type, all of the people that are here can pray for you for whatever your needs are. So, yeah, if you, have, you need some physical healing, you need prayer for a particular need, please come forward. I have to do this announcements. I am so sorry. 
So as you are contemplating coming up, I just want to let you know how many different kinds of sozos. So in this particular church, we do art sozo, an opportunity to access God through a whole different part of your brain. We do children. We do, there is and is coming for training couples sozo. There's financial sozo. There is dance sozo. Um, if you can connect with God in some way, they have created a sozo style of which to bring freedom for people. So if you're just like, oh, I've done a regular sozo, but I'd like this other thing, then just let me know. Just ask a question. All right, Father God, stir. Just Holy Spirit, stir both at home and in this room the hearts, the mind, the emotion, and the will to align with you, Holy Spirit, that there would be freedom, that there would be transformation, that there would be increased capacity for us to come into full agreement with who we are and who you are, God. And we just thank you for that. All in your name, Jesus. Please come up.